When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, welcome to the Willie Robertson podcast. Uh, I've got, I do have Johnny D here, the slobby assistant, but he probably won't be saying much So, uh, because of the other two people I have in the room. They're so, uh, dominating personalities, so yeah. I'm just going to sit over here and press buttons. <laughs> I have a feeling that, I'm just that gonna you're going to just check out. Turn it off and make sure the levels are good. Johnny D is working on the uh, particulars and uh, have two special guests here. I have my brother, uh, Al Robertson. Um, Al has been on the podcast, but actually with Corey um, as the as the host. So uh, you guys had fun. I'm, I'm, I heard y'all ripped me a new one, so that's good. We did. She she rocked it as the guest host. I think that's definitely going to be her calling now. Is the, is, is <laughs> that's the good. I need her. Um, and then we have uh, legendary uh, Duck Hunter, entrepreneurial, the founder of Duck Commander, and uh, also the the father of your podcast host, so that makes him legendary in this room at least. We wouldn't be here. Um, Phil Robertson's here, my father. Phil, how are you? Everything's rocking. Uh, I was down there today, and uh, I understand y'all were still brushing duck blinds. And have you got them all brushed in? Or we were brushing duck blinds and eating bullfrogs for dinner. I miss the bullfrogs. Now that was a day i had i missed the bullfrogs i had something i had to go take care of but um but i i will be back on the bullfrogs whenever they come back so uh uh dad glad to have you here al good to have you here now uh this is kind of a a, a special podcast because we're actually talking about a movie coming up and uh it's called torchbearer and uh, i have been privileged to watch it uh, i think we saw it in monroe uh or at least the early version of it i think a little of it's changed but um torchbearer and um it is a documentary and and al how did this come about that phil ended up being in a movie well um one thing is dad always said he was going to be in a movie he used to tell us that when we were kids he was like you know we we were thinking That's more true. remember he used to always yeah. say you know like we always thought it'd be like in a in a clint eastwood western you know setting you know he might be the guy that comes in and gets shot or something i don't know but uh, he always said he was going to be uh, in a movie, and he also he said he was going to be on television, uh, which he is, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but this came about in particular because uh, our cousin Zach, who... Uh, who Zach's ran, been on the show before. Yeah, so. and Zach ran for Congress. And uh, Zach is the sort of, I, and to me, he's kind of like our family, you know, uh, politico slash apologist, you know, because he's just a, a philosopher. You know, that's, that's kind of, that's his background. And um, and he likes to argue because he's a dasher because he's half dasher, <laughs> and uh, but uh, you know so Zach uh, had this concept when he was uh, running for Congress, which by the way probably didn't help him in our district because he had this like super high you know process of you know why we were created by God and His image and you know he he kind of went through the whole process even through politics and it was good I mean the stuff was great 
Uh, but, you know, around here people want to know about farm subsidies and, you know, the water system, you know. Right. So I think he was a little above the fray. But out of the good thing out of that, he, he lost. But the, the good thing out of that is his concept, uh, he, he translated it into a script uh, with, with a couple of other guys, Steve Bannon and a couple of other guys. And out of that script came this movie. Right. And uh, and then, of course, the guys at Citizens United helped us uh, get it filmed. So that was kind of where it came from. And then Dad, of course, it wasn't just like it's a, you know, thing put out there and, you know, Dad just gets his parts. I mean, obviously, Dad was a part of that process, too. And Steve Bannon, who's now uh, working with Trump. Yeah, he's he's like the main, one of the main guys. Right, on the one campaign. of the main guys right. with Trump now, which is interesting. And I think it's interesting, you know, how, how God works. And, you know, sometimes you can look back and say, wow, because... Zach was running for Congress. I think he was uh, for sure qualified. He's definitely smart enough. Um, and I don't know if it was his message as much, because remember, he only lost by like a half percentage. Oh, it was like less than but he was votes. he was following someone who had uh, kind of been disgraced in office, uh, right. uh, had some things going. And he was new to politics, the person he was, they were running for the seat. Young guy, new to politics, uh, with some, dis- uh, you know, some things with, you know, just some uh, extramarital things that right. didn't, that came out and it was all in public. And he was up against, uh, uh, Ralph, who is a, who's a family doctor. Right. Um, you know, and I told Zach, I said, uh, Zach, anybody that somebody's willing to take their clothes off in front of, it's hard to beat them in an election. So, uh, which is true, you know, <laughs> in more ways than one family doctor right. in a small town. And so I think, uh, Ralph Abraham was, you know, at that time, I think what everybody gravitated towards, right. Zach's a young guy. And so, but as it turns out, had he won that, who knows who, whether this movie would have come out, lives would have been touched for God. So perhaps God had a different purpose for him to maybe give him that confidence and right. give him uh, that. And, uh, you know, and he lost and, you know, cost, well, cost me a little money. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. He cost all of us a lot I of money. I threw a little cash in that little election. I so. told him that the only good thing about it was, when I look back on that, is I, I didn't, it, we all felt like it was an investment into his future, <laughs> uh, into doing something else. Because obviously, you're exactly right, Will. That, that he, his whole trajectory changed, but also helped us. I mean, it changed for us as well, because now Zach has probably done more sort of behind the scenes of politics and the people he's mm-hmm. gotten to meet and impact right, just like right. this. And what he's doing now, he's even helping with the Trump campaign now. So none of that would have happened. When he's young and he needed shaping, and I tried to tell him that about Trump uh, when he was against him, and now he's <laughs> working for him, which there you go. That's the world of politics. So exactly. He's learned about politics. So so the movie's uh, written by Zach, uh, and then they approach you, Phil. So, Phil, tell us a little bit about kind of your experience with doing this movie, uh, what it's about uh, what kind of impact you hope it'll make uh, on the American people and people all over the world? Uh, it's it's a powerful movie. Um, Zach called me from Washington D.C. and he had met with uh, uh, Citizen United, Bannon and uh, Bussy, and uh, he called me from Washington and uh, asked me would I be interested in uh, doing the a documentary, and I said, well. What's it about? And I said, do you have a script? He said, yeah. I said, well, let me read the script. And uh, so he got the script to me within a few days, and I read it. And the first thing that jumped out at me was I said, my nephew is a lot smarter than I thought he was. <laughs> I said, that dude, I said, this is really something. It's Basically, it's a historical account of what happens when human beings forget God and it begins to spin, spiral downward. 
and the gist of it is when you allow human beings, when you allow men or women to determine what is right and what is wrong, what is good, what is evil, and all the way down to what your life is worth, when you allow humans to decide that, it never ends well. So you could start with the Babylonians, <clears throat> the Medo-Persian Empire, uh, the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, and you could just walk it all the way up until modern day. And uh, in the last 80 years, Adolf Hitler and the Nazis, the German people allowed Adolf Hitler to decide what's right, what's wrong, who lives, who dies. It was a slaughterhouse. Well, the documentary is documenting that. Uh, the French Revolution, uh, Zach wrote about that. When you, one group of tyrants, when they replace one group of tyrants and their tyrants, well, it the blood flows. And uh, so the French Revolution was uh, dealt with. Basically, the movie going all the way up through communism, uh, the Shintoism that came along about the same time the Nazis did. And you just get to adding it up. The Nazis know Jesus. The Shintoists know Jesus. Uh, no God. Uh, you, you come along and you get to the communist. No God. You get to this current crop. No God. At least the God of creation. No Jesus. And every one of them turns into a slaughterhouse. Well, you get to us, the United States of America... And what's shown in the documentary is uh, when, you're, when you're slaughtering your own children, when, when, a, when, a, when a nation turns on itself and begins to slaughter its own children, literally slicing and dicing human beings and selling their body parts, when nations do that, it's a prime example of when you forget God like Romans one twenty eight and following says, when they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, God gave them over to a depraved mind, a reprobate mind, if you will, to do what ought not to be done. And there's a list of sins there. They become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity, uh, they're full of, full of murder, envy, strife, malice, deceit. They're gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. Therefore, they disobey their parents. They're senseless, heartless, faithless, and ruthless. That's just a read that the Apostle Paul wrote when he wrote to the church at Rome. Well, if you just add all that up, the documentary shows you that. We deal with the Roman Empire and uh, those murderous Caesars, the idolatrous Greeks, what we did to uh, African Americans, uh, America, what they did to them, violated their rights and wouldn't let them use, take a leak in the same bathroom with you, and on and on it goes. So in many cases, sometimes America has corrected the errors that it's made, and many times not so. But uh, on the current heading, uh, as far as what I can see, it is worthy to be seen because 
if one would just keep in his mind, I told the Nebraska delegation uh, at the Republican National Convention, I said, why don't we do this? Why don't we just all get together, atheists and all, let's all get together, and let's just try something for a year. And what I want us to do is let's just take two of the top ten commandments God gave us. Let's just keep two of them. Let's don't murder each other, and let's don't steal from one another. Let's just try that for a year and see if we're better off. We won't murder each other anymore, and we won't steal from one another. And just see if we're better off. What do you think, Nebraska? And they all said, I said, would we be better off? And they all said, absolutely. I'm like, therefore, that's what the documentary is about. When God is forgotten, look out because... uh, All you have to do is look around at America on our streets and what goes on here, and you have to say, I wonder if forgetting God and not raising up our children with a husband and a wife and training them up to fear God, to love their neighbor, to love God, I wonder if that has anything to do with the situation we have now found ourselves. The documentary explains it, so... I think I think it's worth seeing. Well, it's it's really dramatic. Uh, when I saw the stuff about the French Revolution, I didn't really even know as much as I thought I did about that. And then when you see it visually come out, and right. uh, and you're right, it, uh, there there tends to be a lot of murder, you know, throughout mankind, especially um, in these dictatorship governments of just mass murder. It's a very brutal film, but the point of it is when people forget God, things get brutal. I right. mean, they just they just get brutal. So, you know, ISIS would tell us if we said, well, why are you coming over here and attacking us and shooting up these places? Why are you doing that? Why don't you like us? They will simply say, well, you kill your own children because you don't think they're worth anything. ISIS is telling us we're killing you because we don't think you're worth anything. So what's the diff? So by killing our own children, we've lost our moral high ground on trying to defend why you shouldn't just go around killing people. So there you go. But that's what the documentary brings up. Maybe, hopefully, America will wake up and put God where he ought to be. Number one, uh, no one can convince me, Al, that loving him, loving God, and loving your neighbor would be a a help to our society. <laughs> well, you're right. And, and, and what you said was well, the same thing to me when I watched the movie. Uh, you know, looking at the French Revolution, which basically was just almost the same time as the American Revolution. Yeah. But they were they started so differently in their basis. And, you know, I, I didn't really realize how secular and how anti-Christian and anti-God uh, that revolution was. And they literally me, slaughtered Christians. Oh, absolutely. And I didn't know all that. I didn't remember all that either from history. And so it, it was interesting watching the two tracks. And so, you know, France now is one of the most secular uh, of all the European countries. And it's very there's very little in Christianity. There's a few cathedrals around, but they're empty. They've turned into museums. And it is interesting that now they're so... They're being consumed, you know, by Islam now. I mean, it's moving in. It's become this this clash, you know, because, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. So something's going to put put itself in there. So it's really interesting to watch. And, and to me, we're kind of, it, it's like 
America now is making that some in our precincts are making that move, you know, towards secularization, towards everything we're talking about. So to me, that's you're looking at what you're, what's going to happen in it's the. It's going to happen to us, Al. It, it is, and it and it's as surely as I'm sitting here, I, I hate I hate to I admit it, but it's going to happen to us unless there's. But a, Islam, wouldn't they <clears throat> say there's God there? I mean. They would There's God. I mean, right? But 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 like we were talking as about, opposed to the Romans, you know. But but look what we're no just God. what we were talking about. But look at the look at the potential for violence, which is already happening there, and will continue to happen more and more because, it, again, it's it's we say ah, it's a peaceful religion, but but not to many in it, it's not peaceful at all. And when you look at all the refugees that are coming out, they're being chased out by fellow Muslims, you know, out of Syria and all these countries. So. It's just what I'm saying is it's going to wind up being bad. It's going to be bad there. It's going to be bad here. One way or the other. According to the God of the Bible, he said the greatest commands, Jesus said, is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and love your neighbor. If you just watch Islam for what it is, what comes out of it, I'm sorry, but I just don't see the love. I do not see it. Well, the reason why is it's not built into their system. But has it ever been here? I mean, in America? I mean, do you think it's been here but it's gone or it was here or yeah. it's leaving? It absolutely was. I, I, it would, the, another thing from the film, in the 20s, the rise of science and technology, I think is you could definitely point back to a time when things began to change. And we talk about the Scopes trial in there when basically evolution was put up. as a, Up until that time, you were still teaching the Bible in schools. I mean, all across America, public schools, which has been happening. So, yes, biblical truth has always been a part of the fabric of America. It be, For the last hundred years, it's now beginning to be uprooted out of every system, whether it's a university. All of the Ivy League colleges uh, and universities originally were there to train preachers and all the great early preachers they all came out of all those so but now you can't even talk about these things hardly on campus i mean you wouldn't even be allowed to have hardly have a a freedom of religion discussion so there's no doubt it was there and it changed but it didn't just like snap your fingers it's been over a hundred years it started right around in that time and it just kind of came in increments you know and 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 so i think now that's why we find ourselves where we are we're kind of at that tipping point where there's still a lot of people out there who are believers who still believe the bible you know is inspired by god and can make a difference in our culture but it is now less than more i think i mean but to me america i mean that's why america is so strange to me in that it so if if someone comes from, let's say, Syria right now, mm-hmm. Iraq, um, right. Afghanistan, uh, even other places, because I know people, you know, I right. know people who have come over this country. I know immigrants who have come over. Uh, we had uh, Samuel on, who was an immigrant from Georgia or somewhere in the Russia that yeah. came over. But they view America not. At, I mean, they don't think about as the murder. You know, it right. it is the you know it is what where their lives have flourished. They can go to church. Right. They can so, and that's now. I mean, that's oh, yeah, that's, that's recently. Right. Then, if you go back to the founding fathers, who is again totally different. A lot of these people were God conscious for sure. Right. And I mean, we look at it, you can see it all in our the birth of our nation. However, you go to the Civil War, and we slaughtered each other mm-hmm. in the fields all not far from here, right. uh, up and down just killing each other, which is murder, you know, which is almost that genocidic murder that we see in other places. Um, And you do, I mean, in the civil rights movement, for sure, I mean, for how we treat them. However, there was probably a lot of those people that were in churches. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, that were God 
you know, Bible thumping right. people that really believe that that's what it is. I know some today that are still probably quasi racist. So I, I'm trying to understand America better is to figure out, you know, are we godly? Are we less? This family's been able to flourish, riding the Bible and God and prayer right. all the way through, and we've been successful beyond our beliefs, you know, uh, to do that. So I, you know. I do see the fight, but I'm trying to figure out whether God's here or has got, well, I know but, there's still, because we still help, you know, even tonight we were all at church together, you know, sure. Africans came in and they were preaching and singing and all this we're funding and helping all over the world. And in fact, the guy was talking about all over the world, right. just our little church. I mean, one tiny church in tiny Louisiana. The same but, patch, but, but if you look out, uh, even back when the country was founded, men stepped up. And they would they were saying there's nothing wrong with enslaving other human beings. Well, it was a sinful thing to do. Right. So they decided there was nothing wrong with it, which goes back to the premise of the documentary. When you allow men to say what is right and what's wrong, enough men at the time the country was founded were running around saying there's nothing wrong with enslaving African-Americans and bring them over here and. And, and but they didn't even view them business. as people. They didn't view them as people. And that is the, was the root cause, the sin of those men right. was the root cause of the Civil War. And look at the price that was paid that because of that More sin. More Americans that's, killed That's, that's the war. point. And look how long it took us to finally listen to Martin Luther King who said, hey, now wait a minute. Uh, the Declaration of Independence now, we founded our nation. Our rights come from God. And one of them is life, liberty. So right. what are you all doing? What are you doing to you? You, 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 you? you won't give us our liberty. He was right. So we document that in the movie. It's in the movie, yeah. It's in the movie. The so, and it needs to be there. Yeah. But you see what that cost America. Right. It's, it's, it's sinful. So, so what about the people today, Phil, who are saying that's the same rights, that gay rights and all it, they, it's this They liken it almost to the same exact thing and so we're all christians here i mean it's right. martin luther Christ. king's cause was just because his people were being persecuted and they were being their rights were being denied and god god did say i i, I will set you free it's not humans that do that it'd be me so martin luther king's cause was just but to come up and try to convince uh all of us that sinful behavior is a right especially perversion all you have to do is read your bible god says no it's in the list of sins so when god says something is sin it's sin what we did to the african americas we were the ones doing the sin in the nation was and it cost us dearly until we learned the error of our ways well and yeah there's a whole plus the results are i mean i know if we were debating and you were talking about they would say well this takes away my civil rights because i couldn't get married or whatever but think about the difference in the two in terms of, of, of gay people being persecuted because of where they were right. versus I just, I want more. I right. mean, that, that's right. a whole different story. than Like getting of, water hoses shot on Oh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, them. none of that. In fact, in fact, it's just the opposite. Some of the things that have happened in the gay community have, have been part of the problem. Like the, who has a parade down the middle of a city street with naked people up there? De- I mean, how does that help, you know, your cause? Any, just when I look back over time, it, that those are the things that have held them back more than anything in terms of getting what they want. So, yeah, I, 
to me, that never was a, an apt comparison, but it certainly was made about civil rights versus, you know, because I want more, you know, because I right. feel like I should, you know, if you have marriage, then I want marriage or whatever. So, well, I think, Phil, you know, I watched the thing on Saddam Hussein. So the day he took office, I don't know if y'all saw the program, but the day he took office, they just picked out about 40 guys, just pulled them out of the audience who were against him, and they all got right outside and shot. I mean, right off the bat, when he took over, whoever wasn't, whoever said anything against him were shot immediately. That's that's how he took over his yeah. whole regime. Right. And so, and if that is God, I think there's distortions of even God, you know, right. of, of saying God's on our side, um, right. you know, to do things like that. Yeah, because, look, evil men and women uh, can be claiming to be followers of God, you right. know. The, but the, the point of the film, I think, is is back to what he the dad just said about what Martin Luther King said. It was, the, it was the God of the Bible, the Hebrew God, the Christian God, that the founders had in mind when they put it all together in the beginning. So they, they set the framework that it's going to function best with this is the way. But Muslim and other religions from around the world have always been welcomed in America. And, right. and it's not just that we want you here so we can evangelize. I mean, it is an open country for people right. to come. And, you know, we all know. Because you can come and be an atheist. That's exactly country. right. It's it, and it's a free be. country. Right. You don't have to. And, 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 and you don't want a theocracy in that sense anyway. Right. I mean, that hasn't worked either. You know, That's it, the last thing you want. No, you don't want that. Exactly. Because that's why they built that freedom in there. Right. So we complain about where we're going and, and we are i mean I, th- I think it's more of a sounding you know sounding the gong we, we're, we're headed to a bad place if we allow men to come in and start determining this worth i think that's what you begin to have instead right. of just the basic things that god created in us and that's some of the things we point out but you're right will i mean when i look at some of the some folks i know that are work as christians but just even as humanitarians are working in in refugee camps where with muslims and, and they're just a help you know and obviously right. some of they're telling about the god of the bible what they're saying is we love people and that's the way we've got to always remember that we don't want to come across as as angry hateful people because that's not that's not what the bible well i think us. the movie's so thought-provoking it brings up these thoughts about where we're headed and what we're right. doing and if we're not we have to be careful about the governments that we put in because i don't know that people put when they elect people or people end up being in office and running a country it ends up going way more than yeah. what the people the people look up and go what in the heck are we doing? Like now right. we're in a war, we're doing this. And so right. that's why we have to be careful. We have to, you know, really think about this and, and be on top of it. Or you look up and you're, you're under Mussolini or you're under Saddam Hussein or you're yeah. under, you know, Adolf Hitler, or you name it, you know, and he's taking your whole country, <laughs> the direction he's going. And uh, you're going to end up uh, being in that, which now we're seeing all over the world. And so I thought the movie did, it made, it makes you really think, and it's a sobering, yeah, you you know, really when it was like, over, we just there was no clapping. It was just like it's not a like, fun movie. It's not a popcorn movie. It's, it's no, it's it, not. It, it, it makes you think. Yeah, you know? it, it's one of those. It's, it's very and in the and it builds up to this huge climax at the end of it. This powerful. I mean, it right. really it's a it's a sucker punch in the gut. But it's it's all it's true. It's historical. Right. It, it's it happened and and it's basically just that thing of saying we better watch ourselves or we could wind up in this right. place. And that's why I ask the questions because a lot of the people that I know and hang out with really look around America and think it's fine. They're like, right. you know, and they're 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 like everything's great with me. And so uh you know, and so I, I, I 
you know, not everybody is into politics as we right. are into the deeper issues and dealing with as many people as we deal with. A lot of people just live in their little towns and do their little job, and mm-hmm. you know, everything's hunky dory. So, uh, you know, and that's so I, I I want people to be challenged uh, when they look at that. So, Phil, when you did the movie, now did you have to learn all the? You're a reality star guy, which uh, we don't learn lines; we just kind of do our real thing. So, we're, did you have to study and actually? hit all these lines i guess that zach wrote my cousin uh, actually there was not much time for study uh uh the, the the biblical text that i quoted on the documentary you know you have to remember when the apostle paul wrote to the church at rome the apostle paul stood on mars hill and uh looking at all those uh monuments In you Athens, know yeah yeah he was looking at all that, you know, those, they, they had more gods and, you know, and the one, one of them went on top of one of those uh, objects of worship. It said uh, to an unknown God. So the Apostle Paul was astute enough to say, uh, the one you worship is unknown. That's what I want to talk to you about. Well, that's when Christianity was introduced to the Greeks. But wow, what a sermon. But in that case, I just memorized the entire thing. And uh, like the one I quoted a while ago, Romans one twenty eight and following, I memorized that. One, that's one of the ones that I used in the documentary. But for the most part, uh, uh, they had some teleprompter stuff, and I could ad lib any time I wanted to, so I would do so. So yeah, when your nephew wrote it, you have that ability just to <laughs> say, "Hey, I'm going to ad lib yeah. a little." Well, look, here. Dad's been modest. I mean, because I, I, I was on set for the whole movie, Dad was amazing i mean like you know because basically they would film one deal where it was him just kind of doing it putting it in his own words then they would film it again going off the teleprompter so they could get exact stuff and of course then they would cut some back and forth when you got to the actual movie but i mean for him to be able to not only i mean it's not always easy to see the monitor we were filming in some bad conditions when we were in in normandy uh it was cold and raining the whole time and so i mean i thought dad did amazingly well just to have the the recall he did how many takes he was able to just knock it out you know and and right. and you know you got had his what's like we do for the show you got to right. film it again you got to get this you got to get that so and it was it was tough we did it for two weeks we were traveling city to city to city as right. soon as you got there we're rolling the next day so it wasn't like it was a you know all of us were you know eased on us but dad was having to well know, he's got a master's degree so crap he, he, he is he used it for something I'd, I'd rather be smarter than they actually think i am <laughs> <laughs> like the old boy he heard a speech one time and he said i'll tell you what i got out of that speech and i said what's that son he said you kind of like one of them old Airedale dogs. You ain't dumb as you look. <laughs> <laughs> now, what what cities was it filmed in? Now uh, we started Long? out. Uh, we started out in Poland, and we went to Auschwitz, which okay. is there. So we started out in Poland. Uh, we went from there to Athens, mm-hmm. filmed there on Mars Hill, the, the Acropolis. Uh, went from there to Rome, uh, and we filmed a couple of days there. From Rome, we went to uh, Normandy. Well, we flew to Paris, but drove down to Normandy, did some stuff on the beach, Omaha Beach, and also the cemetery. Went back up to Paris, did stuff on the uh, French Revolution, and then came home. So, And we did all that in less than two weeks. So it was a very fast-paced shoot. We we did all all the uh, film crews were from those countries. So that was interesting because we had, like, the two or three main guys, but then they got to go through language barriers because everybody there, like, the Italian set was all Italian 
people, right. you know, with the cameras and all, right. the, all the stuff. So it was uh, just that was interesting. You know, Dad and I were kind of separated from all that, but me just watching that circus go on with him trying to get it right language. You know how it is on sets anyway. Right. I mean, somebody gets mad at this one and, you know, oh, yeah. and the guys that were, you know, you know, we're like, you know, we're always trying to be nice to everybody, but like these guys that were doing our film, they're, they're not, you know, they were they're not so kind. They were not so kind. So yeah. I think I heard more F-bombs and, and more languages, you know. The going, F-bomb is the universal word. It does. So I'm saying it, se- it, it seems to relate it's to everybody it, on the set. It's made it all the way across. It was pretty interesting. Uh, most of the foreigners, you know, the French and various countries in Europe that we ran around in, they actually thought I was a little weird. I found that interesting. To <laughs> well, I told Dad, I said, you know, it's interesting, Dad, as, as many weird people as I'm seeing in all these countries, you're still standing out even there, <laughs> which of, is of weirder than, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's got the camo and that old shirty, what looks like a burlap bag. <laughs> and so it's like when he was in all these places, I was like, Dad is like, he is standing out. And they would all look like who in the world. And, you know, a few people would like make the connection that was like, wait a minute. You know, like they recognized that. Well, no one ever came to me and they said, Mr. Robinson, I'm with wardrobe. No one ever said that. (laughs) So I said, well... I'll break out my old duck hunting shirt. You <laughs> stuck with the wardrobe you had. Yeah, yeah very little. The makeup girl was the was the laziest person on any set. They always had to have one. Yeah. She'd come over with two things on the nose, and that was the end of her. Yeah. Her day was done. So I know you promoted. Uh, you were at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, you did that, and uh, which is interesting uh, that you guys are in Cannes uh, uh, with all the high fluting people. Are you doing press on this uh, coming up? Are you fixing to go? Coming to, up. Are you coming going up. to New York? Or? Yeah, about a week. I think we're going to New York, aren't we? Al? Yeah, we'll do, do uh, anything with Fox. Yeah. got to remember, I don't pay attention to a whole lot of schedules, but Al's, Al here, the first son, he's the one that says, Dad, got to roll in the morning, wheels up at 8 o'clock. I'm like, all right, I'll give you we're doing, uh, Yeah, we're doing Fox and Friends, uh, on the, actually the release date on October 7th. It's October 7th yeah. when the movie comes right. out. Right, so, so that morning we'll be on, we'll probably do several shows in New York, and then we'll right. fly back. Uh, so, you know, we got definitely, of course, Dad will be on a lot of, doing a lot of major radio and stuff around the country, right. too. We're doing a big event over in Dallas, and uh, actually uh, Trump's going to be there. Okay. So we're excited about that. That's like in a, just coming up in maybe October 12th. I don't know if they're, gonna, if they're filming it or what they're doing, but Dad's going to be there and speak, and, and Trump will be there, Carson, you know, all the, the crew. So uh, All the usual, all, all the my usual. buddies. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so well, good. We're excited about all, that. I said hello. So, and you, it's October 7th. It's in... Uh, um, select cities, um, so you can just check that out. What was the website out? It's, uh, it's torchbearermovie dot com. dot com, and uh, that'll give you the list of right. cities. We're reading some off, and so uh, uh, it's going to be all over the country. It'll end up all over the world, and uh, it's going to make a big impact. And uh, so, uh, thanks, uh, Phil, for coming up. But uh, we're actually deep in the night, so uh, duck season's coming up, and so um, yeah, thanks, Al, for coming by, and. Um, uh, appreciate you guys. It's going to be awesome. I've seen it. I can't wait to watch the the finished version. But um, and Phil, at the end, it's an intimate scene uh, of baptism, and and it's actually what we're all about, which is yeah. sharing our faith. Because the movie is it is heavy, but we do have a hope uh, of something that we're looking forward to. And so I love the way the movie brings that yeah. uh, back to actually the hope that we preach, which is Jesus. And uh, we'll keep preaching that, and um, you know, hopefully pulling as many people as we can to Him. So. 
Thanks, guys. And uh, as always, we'll end it. Uh, Phil actually mentioned the scripture earlier, but I'll give you this, uh, Romans one twenty-eight. Furthermore, uh, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind. Uh, so that they do what ought not to be done. Let's try to do the right thing, guys, and uh, live for Jesus. That is the hope that we have. I'll talk to you next time. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.